Welcome to The Kinked Wire, the interventional radiology podcast from SIR Publications. You can learn more on our website, sirweb.org slash kinkedwire. This episode provides audio abstracts of papers published in the December 2023 issue of SIR's Journal of Vascular and Interventional Radiology. You can find the full papers on jvir.org. My name is Ramel Noche, and I'm your host for this episode. Hello, my name is Melissa Millette, and I am a fourth-year medical student at St. George's University. I will be reading the abstract titled Sclerotherapy for Venous Malformations Using Polydocanol, Effectiveness, Safety, and Predictors of Outcomes and Adverse Events by Schmidt and colleagues. Purpose, to assess the effectiveness, safety, and predictors of outcomes and adverse events for percutaneous sclerotherapy using polydocanol for the treatment of venous malformations, or VMs. Materials and Methods A retrospective single-center analysis was performed, including patients with VMs who were treated with sclerotherapy using polydocanol between January 2011 and November 2021 at a tertiary center. Demographic characteristics, clinical data, and radiologic features were analyzed, and the influence of patient and VM-related factors on the subjective clinical outcome and adverse events were investigated using a multivariate logistic regression analysis. Results. In total, 167 patients who received 325 treatment sessions were included in this study. Overall symptom improvement was observed in 67.5%, stable symptoms were observed in 25%, and worsening was reported in 7.5%. The total adverse event rate was 10.2%, with an overall rate of 4.2% for permanent adverse events within the cohort. In multivariate analysis, the clinical outcome was worse in children compared to adults with a p-value of 0.01. Adverse events were more frequently observed after the treatment of VMs located at the extremities than in other locations with a p-value of less than 0.01. Conclusions. Sclerotherapy using polydocanol can be an effective treatment option for VMs with an acceptable safety profile. However, it can be less effective in children and adverse events can be more frequently expected for VMs of the extremities. Hello, my name is Alina Khalil and I am a second year medical student at Nova Southeastern University, Dr. Kiran Patel College of Osteopathic Medicine. I will be reading the abstract titled Comparison of the Safety of Transjugular and Percutaneous Liver Biopsies by Sasso and colleagues. Purpose. To compare adverse events or AEs between the transjugular liver biopsy or TJLB and percutaneous liver biopsy or PLB approaches. Materials and methods. A total of 1,300 patients who underwent liver biopsy between July 1, 2014 and January 31, 2018 were examined and bivariate and multivariate analysis were used to determine predictors of the biopsy method used and AEs. To reduce bias in the comparison of the AE rates between patients who had TJLB or PLB 
propensity score matching was used to control for baseline disease severity. Results. PLB and TJLB were performed in 601 and 699 patients, respectively. The mean Charlson comorbidity index score was 3, and antiplatelet and anticoagulation therapy at the time of biopsy was used in less than 10% of patients. Patients with suspected cirrhosis or portal hypertension, an international normalized ratio of greater than 1.5, or a platelet count of less than 100,000 per milliliter were more likely to undergo TJLB. After propensity matching, which identified the population of patients with a mean international normalized ratio of less than 1.5 and platelet count of greater than 150,000 per milliliter, the only difference in the AE rate was the pain which was present in 8% and 10% of patients after TJLB and PLB, respectively, with a p-value of less than 0.001. Bleeding requiring transfusion occurred in two patients who underwent TJLB and one patient who underwent PLB. There was one case of death occurring after TJLB. Conclusions Severe or life-threatening AEs occurring after liver biopsy were uncommon, and the two liver biopsy approaches appear to have similar safety profiles for low-risk patients. After matching for underlying disease severity, pain was the AE that was more likely to occur in patients who underwent PLB. Hello, my name is Christopher Loisel, and I'm a fourth-year medical student at Lincoln Memorial University, the Bus College of Osteopathic Medicine. I will be reading the abstract titled Effect of Previous Transarterial Chemoembolization on Survival and Toxicity After Yttrium-90 Transarterial Radioembolization of Hepatocellular Carcinoma in the Radiation-Emitting Sur Spheres in Non-Respectable Liver Tumor Registry by Hund and colleagues. Purpose? To determine overall survival best response, and toxicities in patients with hepatocellular carcinoma previously treated with chemoembolization or yttrium-90 resin transarterial radioembolization compared with those of transarterial chemoembolization naive participants. Materials and methods. In this prospective observational study, 262 adult participants with hepatocellular carcinoma were divided into a transarterial chemoembolization treated or taste plus group or a transarterial chemoembolization naive or TN group, included from 36 centers in the United States. Overall survival was assessed using Kappa-Meyer analysis from the date of transarterial radioembolization. Best response at six months was evaluated using modified response evaluation criteria in solid tumors. Six-month toxicities were reported using common terminology criteria for adverse events, version 5. Results. Median overall survival for patients in the TASE Plus and TN groups was 22.3 months and 21.5 months, respectively. Imaging at six months was available in 156 of 262 participants. Partial or complete response was seen in 49% of patients in the TASE Plus group and 64% of patients in the TN group. Six-month toxicities were available in 69 of 93 patients in the TASE Plus group and 135 of 167 patients in the TN group. Attributable grade 3 or greater liver function toxicities were similar between the study groups. 
Conclusions Overall survival and imaging response at six months in the TASTE Plus group was similar to that in the TN group, with similar toxicities. Radioembolization is an acceptable treatment option for patients with hepatocellular carcinoma, previously treated with transarterial chemoembolization. Hello, my name is Jonathan Jelski, and I am a fourth-year medical student at Kansas City University. I will be reading the abstract titled, Hepatic Hypertrophy in Normal and Cirrhotic Livers Following Portal Vein Embolization, Comparative Assessment of Two Different Embolic Regimens in a Large Animal Model by Kuhn and colleagues. Purpose, to compare the mechanistic effects and hypertrophy outcomes using two different portal vein embolization or PVE regimens in normal and cirrhotic livers in a large animal model. Materials and Methods The Institutional Animal Care and Use Committee approved all experiments conducted in this study. 14 female Yorkshire pigs were separated into a cirrhotic and non-cirrhotic group and further subgrouped into those using microspheres and coils or N-butyl cyanoacrylate in their corresponding controls. A 3-to-1 ethiodized oil and ethanol mixture was administered intra-arterially in the cirrhotic group to induce cirrhosis four weeks before PVE. Animals underwent baseline CT, PVE, including pre-PVE and post-PVE pressure measurements, and CT imaging at two and four weeks after PVE. Immunofluorescent standings for CD3, CD16, KI67, and caspase 3 were performed to assess immune cell infiltration, hepatocyte proliferation, and apoptosis. Statistical significance was tested using the student's t-test. Results. Four weeks after PVE, the percentage of future liver remnant increased by 18.8% versus 10.9% in the non-serotic versus serotic group. The baseline percentage of standardized future liver remnant for the controls were 41.6% for the serotic group versus 43.6% for the non-serotic group. Based on the embolic agents used, the percentage of standardized future liver remnant two weeks after PVE was 58.4% and 52.2% for the microspheres and coils and 46% and 47.2% for N-butyl cyanoacrylate and the non-serotic and serotic groups. Meanwhile, the percentage of standardized future liver remnant four weeks after PVE was 60.5% and 54.9% in 60.4% and 54.2% and the non-serotic and serotic groups. KI67 signal intensity increased in the embolized lobe in both the serotic and non-serotic group. Conclusions. This preclinical study demonstrated that microspheres and coils could be the preferred embolic of choice compared to N-butyl cyanoacrylate when a substantial and rapid future liver remnant increase is needed for resection in both cirrhotic and non-cirrhotic livers. Hello, my name is Andrew Branzer, and I'm a second-year medical student at the Frank H. Netter, MD, School of Medicine at Quinnipiac University. I will be reading the abstract titled, Genicular Artery Embolization for Treatment of Knee Osteoarthritis, Interim Analysis of a Prospective Pilot Trial, Including Effect on Serum Osteoarthritis-Associated Biomarkers, by Teslakian and colleagues. Purpose. To characterize the safety, efficacy, and potential role of genicular artery embolization, or GAE, as a disease-modifying treatment for symptomatic knee osteoarthritis, or OA. Materials and Methods This is an interim analysis of a prospective, single-arm clinical trial of patients with symptomatic knee OA who failed conservative therapy for greater than three months. 
16 patients who underwent GAE using 250 micrometer microspheres and had at least one month of follow-up were included. Six patients completed the 12-month follow-up and 10 patients remain enrolled. Western Ontario and McMaster University's Osteoarthritis Index, or WOMAC, was evaluated at baseline and at 1, 3, and 12 months. Serum and plasma samples were collected for biomarker analysis. The primary endpoint was the percentage of patients who achieved the minimal clinically important difference, or MCID, for WOMAC pain score at 12 months. Baseline and follow-up outcomes were analyzed using the Wilcoxon matched pairs signed rank test. Results. Technical success of the procedure was 100%, with no major adverse events. The MCID was achieved in five of the six patients at 12 months. The mean WOMAC pain score decreased from 8.6 plus or minus 2.7 at baseline to 4.9 plus or minus 2.7 at one month, 4.4 plus or minus 2.8 at three months, and to 4.7 plus or minus 2.7 at 12 months. There was a statistically significant decrease in nerve growth factor levels at 12 months. The remaining eight biomarkers showed no significant change at 12 months. Conclusions. GAE is a safe and efficacious treatment for symptomatic knee OA. Decreased nerve growth factor levels after GAE may contribute to pain reduction and slowing of cartilage degeneration. Hello, my name is Tahi Kamenemi, and I'm a graduate of the American University of Antigua College of Medicine and a practicing family law attorney. I will be reading the abstract titled Quantifying Change in Perfusion After Genicular Artery Embolization with Parametric Analysis of Interprocedural Digital Subtraction Angiograms by Bader and colleagues. Purpose. To quantify perfusion changes during genicular artery embolization, or GAE, with a qualitatively described pruning technique using parametric analysis. Materials and methods. A total of 12 patients underwent unilateral GAE with a total of 36 vessels embolized. Among 34 of the 36 vessels embolized, regions of interest were placed on parent vessels and target vessels before and after GAE. For each region of interest, the peak intensity, time to arrival, and area under the curve were computed and compared between parent vessel and the target vessel. Volume of embolic administered was correlated with adverse events. Results. No change was seen in peak intensity, time to arrival, and area under the curve in the parent vessel after GAE. Reduction in area under the curve and peak intensity with increase in time to arrival within the target vessels were observed after GAE, all with a p-value less than 0.01. Median follow-up time was 89 days with a range of 21 to 254 days. Reduction in clinical symptoms was also noted based on the Western Ontario and McMaster University's arthritis index total and pain scale at one month and three months. Eight total mild adverse events were noted per Society of Interventional Radiology guidelines. A larger volume of embolic was observed in knees with skin changes and a p-value of less than 0.001. Furthermore, all skin changes were seen with embolic volumes greater than 3.0 milliliters. Conclusions. Quantification of interprocedural perfusion changes with GAE demonstrated reduced flow to the target vessel with maintained flow in the parent vessel and acceptable clinical outcomes. 
A potential relationship between embolic volume and non-target embolization was also highlighted. We'd like to thank everyone who helped with this episode. My name is Mbir Singh Sandhu, and I'm a second-year medical student at the University of California Riverside School of Medicine, and I was your audio editor. The research from this episode appears in the December 2023 issue of JVIR, and you can visit jvir.org for the full papers, other audio content, and much more.